You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. This episode is brought to you by Outdoor Class. Outdoor Class is an online video platform geared towards making you a better hunter. Watch instructional videos taught by hunting experts like Remy Warren, Randy Newberg, and Corey Jacobson. After the hunt, learn how to prepare your harvest from world-class wild game chefs like Hank Shaw and Jamie Tagan. Whether it's your first year hunting or you grew up doing it, Outdoor Class will take your skills up a notch. Use code EMPIRE20 at checkout to save 20% off. Visit OutdoorClass.com to learn more. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. Welcome back to the Oklahoma Outdoors Podcast. As you can probably hear, my voice is still not 100% back, so I lost it, man, last Thursday, almost a week ago, and over the weekend, I mean, I lost it, lost it, and it's kind of come back. Today, it's been a lot better, um, but still very raspy sounding, so I feel much better today. Uh, Man, I caught a stomach bug like Sunday night, that was pretty terrible, Uh, my cold came in Full force on Saturday and Sunday. Kind of went away Monday. Feeling much better today, but yeah, I just can't get my voice back. So I apologize that I'm sounding very raspy. I hope y'all can understand me, and uh, I hope it's not too terrible to listen to. So welcome back to the podcast, guys. Um, I'm feeling much better. Um, I'm kind of back into my daily routine after all the, you know, trip and truck craziness and everything. I'm finally kind of feeling myself again, so... Just ready to move on, push forward, and and get on with my life, honestly. So, uh, man, I was back in the woods this weekend, uh, did some deer hunting, uh, nothing too crazy, saw a couple does, um, almost had a shot at uh, several hogs, actually. Uh, it was right before dark, a bunch of hogs came in, but they came in behind me, downwind, and they were just kind of spooky because, I mean, they, they smelt me, and also I, just, I don't have any shooting lanes cleared that way because, it's again, it's behind me. I'm not expecting deer or hogs or anything to be there and so it was actually pretty darn frustrating like I I I hate hogs so much that when I have one like that close in range and I just can't get one killed it just gets under my skin (laughs) so so yeah um man there was probably I'm gonna say at least 30 of them there were some pretty big ones in the group I came to full draw I mean I had like some came within like 10 yards of my stand but again, it was just too thick, and I could not get a shot. So, so no deer, no hogs. Um, I could have killed one of the does. I had two does in range, but um, you know, I'd had a picture. I think two days before of one of my shooters in daylight, 
And so when there's, you know, the possibility of shooting a nice buck, it's just really hard for me to let an arrow go at a doe. And I, I really need to, guys. I need to kill probably at least two does. Um, my good friend Charles was up there with me. Uh, he was hunting does and some management bucks for us. Um, he had... Oh gosh, he saw he saw way more deer than I did. He saw five deer, I think, that same evening, but none of them came into range. Uh, he was able to hunt Friday evening. I wasn't, um, and I think he saw a couple deer. But I think again, oh, that's right, they came in like after shooting hours. Um, I think he saw them coming in before it got dark. But by the time they got to him, it was too dark. So, so yeah, several close calls, but. Um, no large animals were killed. We did, however, um, between hunts on Saturday, we were driving around and I don't know if you guys are, well, yeah, y'all probably were there. Um, it was real nasty over the weekend, very rainy, um, not super cold, but cold ish. Um, just really, really nasty. And, uh, so we were, I, I told Charles, I was like, Hey, you know, mornings in the deer woods are getting kind of slow this time of year. I was like, bring your shotgun and maybe we'll get onto some ducks. And so, Saturday, we're kind of driving around, we're scouting, we're going to all the different farm ponds, not seeing anything. Um, I think we saw like two ducks on one of the ponds and, you know, it's just not really enough to get me excited, especially when there's two of us, like, you know, we might each get one shot or something like that. So we were kind of getting discouraged and uh, we had two more ponds, like pretty close to the road. And uh, I was like, hey, like this one is probably worth checking out. And so we drove over there, get there, zero ducks. And so I was like, well, that was a waste of time. And we're trying to figure out how we're going to get out of there. Cause we're in like in this pasture where we can go two different ways and trying to figure out how many gates we have to open basically. And, uh, all of a sudden I look ahead of me and I was like, are those geese? And, uh, we drive forward and sure enough, for whatever weird reason, uh, there was a bunch of geese in one of our pasture. And I was like, and there was a pond not, to, not too far from it. And, uh, I was like, dude, I was like, that's what we need to do in the morning. We need to go try to kill those geese. Cause I've never killed that many geese. I think I killed maybe one or two geese in my life. <coughs> and I don't think Charles had ever killed any. So, so man, we were jacked up. I was like, Hey, like let's go out on the road. We can see the, the other side of the pond from there. And so we drive down the road, we see the pond and there's like a decent amount of ducks on it. And it's, it's not like covered by any means, but there's a decent amount of ducks. And so I was like, all right, that's our plan for the morning. So that evening, that was when we hunted that evening. I had the hog and all that stuff. Didn't kill anything. So next morning, wake up super early. Uh, Charles actually had a layout blind, which worked out fantastic because I also had a layout blind. And so, yeah, we get out there. I have like a half dozen goose decoys that I bought at Cabela's with my Cabela's points like two or three years ago. Uh, and then I bought a couple new uh, duck decoys last year. I bought like a half dozen mallards and a half dozen wood ducks. I had some crappy old mallard decoys that, you know, left out in the sun too long. Decided not to take them. So yeah, wake up Sunday, we had a north wind, which was perfect. Um, it was like a little drizzle rain. It was real foggy. It was just like, it was a duck hunter's dream. Like I, I haven't done a ton of duck hunting in recent years. I did a, a lot back in high school. Um, but last year I kind of got back into it and, you know, this year I was wanting to do more duck hunting. So it just all lined up perfectly. And so we get out there nice and early, uh, the, the pasture super muddy. We end up having to carry our stuff quite a ways cause we can't get the truck out there. <coughs> and, uh, sorry about that. Um, so we set up our layup, bl layout blinds on the pond dam, throw out the duck decoys in the water. Uh, my, my goose decoys are like standing decoys. So we set up four to our left and two to our right, just to kind of, you know, break it up a little bit, um, lay down in the blind, 
it gets light very late just because it's so nasty. It's so cloudy and everything. So we're laying there and like a lot of times when I duck hunt, especially on a pond, like a farm pond that I've scouted, a lot of times the ducks come in super early. Like usually before shooting light, they're starting to come in. And then another problem I usually run into with farm ponds is when you scout one that has, you know, let's say there's 20 ducks or whatever. A lot of times you get like two or three like big groups, you know, like a eight will come in and then another big group of six will come in or something. So you don't get that many opportunities. That was not what happened this morning. It was, it was amazing. The first group uh, came in after shooting hours. I think four of them came in. We went ahead and let them land. And then we popped out of our blind shot, you know, kind of got our bearings about us. And I was like, Hey man, you feeling good? He's like, yeah, I'm feeling good. And so we, uh, from that point on, you know, we were letting them work the decoys. They put their feet out. We were killing them in the air. Uh, man, they were like basically coming in pairs. I mean, just a dream situation. Um, we were, you know, trying to let the hens go. We ended up each killing one hen. Um, we limited out on mallards in, I mean, 20 minutes or something like that. And, uh, and, but that's all we were seeing was mallards. And so I was like, man, I was like, well, we can each technically kill one more, but I just don't know if we're going to see anything. And so we're sitting there and then all of a sudden we hear some hawks. And I'm like, dude, geese, get out. <laughs> and so, so we're in our little layout blinds, some geese, they don't come over us. They don't come to the pond. They go and they land in the field. I'm like, well, crap, that's not good. Cause like, as long as they're out there, they're not going to come to us. And so we hear some more honks. We get down. <coughs> Sorry guys, my throat's killing me. Um, we hear some more geese. We get down. Same thing. They go kind of to our right and they go land in the other bunch. And I was like, man, I was like, even if we can't kill them, we need to go flush those suckers or we're just not going to have a chance here. So we get up. And we start walking towards them. We're trying to stay low. But, I mean, this is a wide open pasture. Um, and so there's, like, no hope we have to sneak up on these things. But while we're there, I look to my right, and I see four ducks go and land on the pond. And I was like, dude, I'm pretty sure those are shovelers. And so we actually went and jumped the pond. I know that's not super, uh, you know, crazy hardcore duck hunter. But jumped the pond. We each perfectly kill one shoveler. So there's our six ducks. Um, when we shot, all the geese flew up and scared off. And so that worked out. I don't think, I don't think we killed any of those. And, uh, or did we? Gosh, I don't remember. I don't remember how it all worked out, but all that to say, we got our limited ducks. Um, we ended up sky blasting three geese. Um, we each got one lesser and then we were actually taking, like we were done. We were picking up, taking pictures and everything. And one more flock come over. We got down. I sky blasted one. It was one of the most amazing shots of my life, if I do say so myself. <coughs> and uh, ended up shooting my first ever greater Canadian goose, which I had never gotten before. Dude, that thing was huge. Um, I've, I guess I've never just like got to see one up close or anything. Stinking massive. I mean, at least at least twice the size of a lesser Canadian goose. So that was a real treat. Um, that thing is in the freezer right now, man. I bet you could feed a family of four with one of the breasts. I mean, massive. Like I see the whole Christmas goose thing. I get it. Like you could feed a family with a whole goose. So all that to say turned out to be a fantastic weekend. Totally made the, uh, the sucky deer hunting worth it. Um, so yeah, that was awesome. I have no voice left, so I'm going to go ahead and just end this intro here. Um, I think I'm going to get to go hunting this weekend. I'm not positive on that. I'll keep you guys updated. Uh, follow me on social media, and you'll find out. 
I'm really sorry about this, guys, but I got to stop talking. So we have a fantastic episode this week. I am talking to Josh Taylor with Oklahoma Fowl Company. Uh, him and his buddy Morgan Neighbors started this, uh, I believe, last year. They make uh, duck blind accessories. And so they have like shelves, uh, shell holders. They have uh, duck holders, um, all that good stuff. Gun Magnetic gun holders, which is an awesome idea. And so, man, they're made right here in Oklahoma. I believe they're based out of Oklahoma City. So check these guys out. Uh, Oklahoma Fowl Company uh, is their website. They're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Facebook, I just said Facebook, uh, TikTok, all the social media pages, and just some really, really cool guys. So like I said, go support some Okies. Uh, listen to this episode. Josh is incredibly knowledgeable. We talk about Oklahoma Fowl Company. And then we talk about some good old-fashioned duck and goose hunting. This is the most goose talk we've ever had on the podcast, so that was really cool. Uh, Man, I learned a lot from Josh. So if you are a waterfowl hunter or want to be a waterfowl hunter, this is definitely one you're going to need to pay attention to. So we're going to hear a quick word from our partners, and then we're going to get into it with the Oklahoma Fowl Company right after this. There is truly no place like the great outdoors in Oklahoma. And when you're outside in the wild, you want your wireless devices to work. Unlike other carriers, Bravado Wireless believes that coverage in rural areas is important so that you stay connected. With competitively priced plans and coverage where you need it, the mission of Bravado Wireless is to keep you connected no matter where you are. Visit bravadowireless.com or check them out at one of their retail locations. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. Now, I know you guys have heard me talk about Deer Lab before, and it's because I truly believe it can help folks track down that buck on your property that you just can't seem to catch up with. Deer Lab helps you organize your photos and pull out real data such as weather, wind, moon, and time that can help narrow you in on exactly when you need to be in your stand. Check it out at DeerLab.com, and don't forget to use code OKLAHOMAOUTDOORS for 20% off. Arrowhead Land Company continues to grow, and they want to bring you along for the ride. They have agents all over the state ready to help you with your land buying or selling needs. Big or small, for business or personal use, it doesn't matter. If you want to buy or sell land in Oklahoma, Arrowhead Land Company is there to help make those dreams become a reality. That's Arrowhead Land Company. I know there's some people listening to this that have little to no interest in deer hunting, but still love to get outside. If that's you, Private Water Fishing has your back. Simply head over to their website and sign up for your membership, and you will immediately have access to private lakes all over Oklahoma and Texas. No one to bother you or take your spot before you get there. Just a great experience all to yourself. Check it out at privatewaterfishing.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome to today's show. Today we're talking to Josh Taylor. How you doing, Josh? I'm good. I'm good. How are you, John? I'm doing just fine. We're uh, here a little bit later at night. Um, I got uh, a babysitter for my my baby girl. My wife's away, and so I'm just ready to talk a little bit about uh, duck hunting. How are you doing? Oh, oh, not bad. We uh, we've been on the road quite a bit. I think we hunted the last six of the last seven days in three different states, and so um, wow, we're we're tired. Is is how we are. <laughs> Gotcha. Man, that sound that that simultaneously sounds like the dream and sounds a little bit crazy all at the same time. 
Yeah, you know, it's a it's a blast. We love it, um, but it's it it's work. You know, we're uh, we're out there filming. We're out there, you know, uh, meeting people and and helping scout and you know just just getting to know different people throughout the industry. And so, um, you know, obviously it's a passion of ours, and we love um, you know love doing it. But it's not just um, you know just the hunting aspect of it. So you know, different. Um, you know, a lot different and uh, a learning process for us as we, as we grow. And, uh, um, but no, we, we do love it. We do love it. It just, uh, it takes a toll after a while and you gotta take a break and, and get back to family and kids and, uh, catch up on some sleep. So. That's right. That's right. Well, before we get too far into this, I want to, uh, you know, let you introduce yourself and let people lo- know who you are. So, uh, yeah, why don't you just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, I've lived in Oklahoma about four and a half years now. Um, you know, married, have two two young kids at home, a uh, seven year old and a nine year old, and uh, um, lived in Texas prior to Oklahoma. I grew up in southeast Nebraska. Uh, gosh, got into waterfowl hunting uh, with my dad when I was about eight. I'd start going. Um, he bought me my first uh, my first gun when I was nine, and I shot my first duck. Um, when I was nine with a 28 gauge single shot with, uh, with some business bismuth in it. So, um, you know, been, uh, been around waterfowl industry for a long time. And, uh, you know, with, with moving around the, the country, I've, uh, I've got to see a lot of different parts of it and different, uh, aspects of waterfowling and how, how people do it, you know, differently all over the place. And, and, uh, so yeah, but live here in central Oklahoma and, uh, I've been here, like I said, a little over four years, and it's a great, great place to be. We love it. Awesome, awesome, Josh. And uh, I don't guess I've mentioned it yet. You are with Oklahoma Fowl Company, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk a little bit about the company and your products, and then uh, you know, if we have enough time, maybe just a little bit of a random duck talk. So, um, real quick, why don't you just kind of introduce your company, just kind of in a nutshell? Who are you guys? Okay, so Oklahoma Fowl Company is basically, um, blind accessories. So, um, you know, whether it's a, a homemade blind on a, on a watershed, you have permission to, um, uh, you know, permanent blind, we have accessories that can go in there. Um, or it's, uh, some of the more, um, blinds that you can mobilize, um, you know, panel blinds, a frames, things like that. So, um, you know, really what we do is, is focus on safety, focus on organization, um, and just, you know, provide a better hunting experience. Um, you know, if it's muddy or you're hunting in water, things like that, we get your gear up and off the, off the blind floor and, uh, you know, have a spot for it. So, uh, that's what we focus on is just, uh, you know, the, a better hunting experience. Gotcha. And I, uh, I'm fresh off a, a duck hunt, uh, from this last weekend where it was exactly how you just described. It was, incredibly muddy, uh, muddy, not money. <laughs> it was incredibly muddy. Uh, you know, we had a light drizzle the whole time. Uh, as me and a buddy of mine, we were in layout blinds and uh, basically plopped down in the mud itself. And so, uh, yeah, nope. I, uh, I definitely understand the need. So, um, man, yeah. where do I want to go from this kind of, you know, where did the, like, how did you get the idea for this company? Like, um, you know, had you just been hunting a long time and realized that there was a need for these products or to just kind of come to y'all in the night? Uh, just talk about kind of how it formed. Well, it was 
it, it kind of evolved over the years from, you know, using a five gallon bucket or a milk crate and, you know, gear ties and things like that to, um, you know, to 3d printed stuff that we use personally. And, um, you know, so that, so it kind of evolved from, you know, man, I'm tired of my stuff. You know, you, you get out there, you get set up for the day, you crack open your, your energy drink or your, you know, set your coffee on the ground or whatever it may be. And it gets kicked over. And, uh, you know, before you even get a drink of it or, you know, shell box, um, you know, gets, gets knocked off the milk crate and shells spill, spill everywhere in the mud or, or in the water, um, you know, and then just not having a place to, you know, hang, hang wet gloves, um, things of that nature. And so, so really it just kind of came from necessity and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that I, you know, just, uh, my, the way my mind works, I'm always, you know, looking to, you know, make, make something out of nothing and, and what can I do to, to better, you know, whatever I'm doing, um, you know, and, uh, and, you know, whatever accessory I come up with to make my life easier. And, and so really it just came from, uh, you know, personal use made stuff to, uh, you know, to fill that need. And then, uh, you know, we kind of were like, man, you know, there, there probably is a market for this. Um, you know, we, we get people reaching out like, you know, Hey, where'd you get that? And, and buddy seeing it like, man, you know, can I get some of those? And, and it was like, you know, the more we, the more we used it and the more just people would see it on social medias and stuff like that, um, is really how it just turned into a business. Um, you know, and then from there, you know, the idea is same thing, you know, you, you hunt, you know, a hundred plus days a year and you, uh, you know, you, you see it all and, and, you know, you, you know, you know, the good, the bad and the ugly, but you got to find, uh, find ways to provide a solution to, you know, just problems. And so, um, you know, that's, that's what we try to do is, uh, um, keep it, keep it in a, you know, general area, not, not too broad. Um, you know, we, we focus on the waterfowl industry. That's what we, uh, we both love, uh, me and Morgan. And, uh, so yeah, that's kind of where it came from just out of necessity and, and it just evolved into a, a product and a business and, and, uh, excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Uh, I'm actually, I'm looking at your website right now at your, uh, your boss layout rack. And, uh, just like you okay. were describing, like the, uh, like I said, we, we went hunting on Sunday. I was drinking a Red Bull on the way out there. Um, didn't, I knew it just get spilled. So I left it in the truck. I didn't get to finish it. <laughs> um, you know, had my yep. phone sitting in my waiter's pocket and it kept falling out the side while I was laying down. And, uh, I'm looking at this little yep. rack. I'm like, that would be incredibly handy. So, um, why yeah. don't you walk walk us through just a couple of y'all's products? Um, again, you know, maybe we'll try to put some of these pictures uh, when I post it on social media and stuff, so people can get a better visual. But um, just kind of describe, okay. you know, what it's made out of, uh, you know, the purpose of it, all the different varieties you have, and uh, yeah, just kind of go through your products a little bit. Okay. Well, to start our our product line, we call it the the Boss line, uh, B O S S, and basically it it stands for blind organizational self shelf system. And so, um, you know, between the magnetic gun rest, the, the shelves, um, the different things that attach to the different blinds, um, you know, they, they all kind of can work in, in tandem with each other, but, um, you know, there's, there's different varieties depending on the hunter and depending on how you hunt. And so, um, you know, like you mentioned, we have the, the layout rack and it's, uh, you know, designed to be set on the, set on the ground. If you're hunting, uh, 
you know, in a field and, uh, you know, in, in the decoy spread, um, it can be set on the ground right next to you, or it can be, be put inside a layout with you. Um, it has a oversized base for stability, uh, spot for your, your shells, your, uh, your phone, and then a, uh, and a drink. And so, you know, kind of the necessities right there, uh, next to you and, uh, you know, without being, you know, knocked over, spilt, um, you know, things of that nature. And so, um, you know, the, the products themselves are made from, uh, from HDPE, uh, think, uh, cutting more material. Um, you know, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't get brittle when it's cold, um, strong, flexible. Um, you know, you really, you can't break these things, you know, short of, uh, running them over with a pickup truck, you know, they're, they're not breaking. You can throw them in a trailer, throw them in the bed of your truck, wrap them up inside your blinds. Um, you know, no issues there. So, all the hardware on them are stainless steel or aluminum. So, you know, from a, uh, um, you know, how, how long are they going to last standpoint? Um, you know, that's the biggest thing to us is we're hard on our gear. Waterfowl hunters in general are hard on our gear. Um, you know, we, we want this to last you guys, um, you know, seasons to come and not just, you know, three hunts. And so, um, you know, the layout rack, especially stepping in and out of the layout, it'll get stepped on, you know, we have to make it, strong enough that, you know, 300 pound person is going to step on it and and no big deal, no harm done. So, um, you know, as far as, you know, the design and and build of them, that's, that's our goal is, uh, you know, just to withstand the vigors of waterfowl hunting. Um, you know, so the different boss products, we have the the layout rack, like I talked about, uh, we have our, our boss mini rack and our boss rack, and those are just two different versions One's more set up for, for two hunters. You can put it between two hunters in a uh, A-frame style blind or a panel blind setup. Um, the other's more compact. It's, um, you know, just a, a single person um, uh, shelf, so to speak, where, you know, you have a spot for your, your shells, your phone, and, and a drink as well. So um, a few options there, you know, depends on the blind you have, how many guys you typically hunt, uh, what works best there. Um, and then, uh, of course, our our magnetic gun rest. So our, our magnetic gun rests are something that we came out with. Um, last year we started selling those and, uh, they clip onto any blind. There's a, there's an aluminum and stainless clamp that can open up to, um, 1.75 inches. So they'll clamp onto a two by four. They'll clamp onto the top of a boat blind. They'll clamp onto, you know, really anything. I mean, you can clamp it onto a, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, ranch hand bumper on your pickup and have, have guns rusted up there. And so with those, your gun is, is magnetically in that rest. Um, you know, it's, it's magneted to your barrel. And so, you know, the big, the big thing with a frame style hunting, uh, panel blind style hunting, boat blinds, you know, something gets bumped, a dog runs through the blind, somebody's trying to get out. Um, and all of a sudden the guns are all start sliding down that bar and fall over a uh, huge safety issue. And so, that's where these came from. It was, uh, you know, man, same, same thing. You know, what problem can we solve here? Because we're, we have that problem. And, uh, you know, we, we came up with just, um, you know, little gun rests and they worked well, but when we added that magnet to them, um, total game changer and they, uh, you know, they, they work awesome. You can shake that blind. It will not fall. Um, you know, yet when it's time to shoot, you know, you give it a little tug, pulls right off the magnet and, uh, you're good to go. So, um, awesome product. People love those things. And, uh, you know, the safety aspect of it is huge. And, uh, you know, you can't, 
you can't replace that, you know, um, that's, that's the most important part of any hunt. So, um, you know, those are our, those are our main products. We have a few other, uh, few other products in the mix, um, dog bowls attached to your blinds, uh, phone holders where you can, um, put your phone in them and use them to record video, you know, any more iPhone cameras and, and, you know, Android cameras are so good that, um, you can get some really cool footage just by it being attached to the top of your blind and, and sitting there and clicking record when the, the birds start working and, um, you know, the wide angle lenses on these, uh, these iPhones and, and Androids are, uh, you know, good enough to get some, some pretty cool, pretty cool footage. So, um, we have, uh, we have little hooks that go in your blinds just to hang backpacks or a buddy heater or whatever it may be. You want to get off the floor. We have, um, our limit rack, which is a, um, a bird holder, so to speak. Um, it goes inside the blind and you can put your birds in there and rest them in front of you. And we call it a limit rack because there's six slots. Um, they're more designed for, for duck hunters versus goose hunters. But, um, you can put, you know, up to six ducks in them. So, you know, instead of having a pile on the blind and then you guys start getting close to the limit, it's like, you know, Hey, how many, how many birds do we have sit there and start shuffling through? They're all sitting right there. Um, you can put them in front of you or behind you and, you know, you turn around and look and, okay, we got, you know, four mallards in this one. We got, you know, whatever it may be. And, uh, you know, we're, we're too short of our limit. So easy way to, to keep track of your bird count. And, uh, yeah, so uh, quite a, you know, quite a variety based on, you know, what you need, uh, or, you know, what problems you have, you know, they're, they're not necessarily for everybody. There's, there's things that some people have no issue with, you know, they don't mind their shells sitting on the, the ground, but they want their, their birds off the ground so they can, count them quickly and, and vice versa. So, um, lots of different options for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, the, the gun rest that, <clears throat> that is a fantastic idea. Cause I've definitely been in situations where, yeah, pe- you know, guys have their guns laying up, somebody gets out or somebody jumps up and hits the blind, you know, it's time to shoot. Um, so yeah, that, yeah. that is a fantastic idea. Um, man, I'm looking at, at all your products and I mean, they look, you know, extremely high quality, and uh, I got to think there's somewhere between like really nice engineering and some redneck ingenuity. Do, do, do you guys, like, do y'all have, do y'all have an engineering background or is this just kind of stuff from experience that you've thought up? So I studied engineering in college for a few years. Um, uh, didn't end up, I, I ended up switching majors, but, um, you know, I, I guess I have a, I have a very strong engineering mind. Um, and, you know, so, so Morgan, he's the other owner of Oklahoma Fowl Company. He's the, uh, the artistic guy. He's the guy that's awesome at social media and, um, you know, can, can make stuff look good. I'm, I'm absolutely horrible at that. And so we compliment each other. Well, um, you know, when, when we work on products and things like that, you know, I kind of come up with it. We, you know, we, we send stuff out, we test them, have a, have a lot of different outfitters that run them and see what we need to change, things like that before we release a new product, you know, just your, your typical R and D and, uh, you know, so I draw them in CAD. We, uh, we get a few made, start running them, see how they work. And if, uh, um, you know, we need to, need to tweak them. I, I'd make the changes in CAD and, and have more made and until we get it right. And, uh, so that's kind of the, the process, I guess, as far as, uh, coming up with this stuff and, and turning an idea into a, a product. So, um, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Very cool. Very cool, man. Uh, sorry, I'm I'm 
just I'm looking at your website. I should, I I did my homework before, but uh, I just keep clicking on more things that I like. And uh, again, the the layout blind thing, like I said, I was just hunting out of one uh, over this weekend, and uh, God, that would have been handy, especially you know yep. we had we had a a beautiful awesome morning um i'll talk about it probably in my intro um but you know they were it was a foggy morning they were coming in in twos and threes you know we didn't just get one or two big groups they were funneling in perfectly and uh you know reaching for shells had my bag next to me looked like a big lump you know out in the middle of nowhere but i didn't have enough room in my blind to put it in there with me so yeah something like that keep everything there nice and organized so you don't have live rounds rolling underneath your back and stuff like that would have been really nice. So, yeah. So, yeah. Seems like you always end up with them there. And, and, you know, a lot of these, you know, that like the layout rack you're talking about, that's, that's pretty universal. You know, we have mm-hmm. guys that run them in kayaks. We have guys that, um, you know, run them in, in their boat blinds just because they can move them around easily. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, you, all, all of these products, you know, yeah, we, we have them marketed to certain, certain blinds and you know things like that but uh you know we get we get guys that are very creative and they're like man you know that that's universal enough and they send us pictures of you know utilizing it however and it's like you know shoot man good you know awesome idea and it works great for that so you know the the layout layout rack you can you know you can use that dove hunting you can use it you know anywhere not just waterfowl hunting so um you know it uh you know kind of kind of universal in a sense but we just have them um you know, specialized towards, towards, you know, what, what people are using and, uh, you know, A-frames and, and panels have really, really taken over in the last, you know, five to 10 years as a, you know, a very popular way to waterfowl hunt. And, uh, you know, and so as that, that market grew, um, you know, that's, that's where this came from. And, um, so yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, cool, man. Um, any other things you want to talk about with, uh, you know, the company or the products or anything, uh, before we move on to just some general hunting stuff? Um, man, not really. You know, all of our products are made here in, in Oklahoma city. Uh, we kind of pride ourselves on that and, uh, you know, support, support small businesses ourselves. And, uh, you know, so it's, a uh, um, that's of course where the, the Oklahoma fowl company comes from and we try to try to keep it, you know, with, within that as much as possible, you know, we, we source products from all over the place, all over the country, but, um, you know, we, we have a manufactured here and, uh, you know, assembly is, is sometimes my, my kids in the living room. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's manufacturers, they, they will assemble them for us too, but depending on, uh, you know, how busy we are and if we can't get them to knock an order out quick enough, we'll, uh, you know, we'll grab them and just put them together ourselves and get them out the door. So, um, yeah, no, that's about it. Awesome. Awesome, man. Well, uh, yeah, we'll definitely circle back to the company and everything towards the end. Make sure people know how to find you. But, uh, man, I just, I just want to talk a little duck hunting if that's all right with you. Yeah. I love talking duck hunting. (laughs) Good, good. So, I mean, just from the little bit, you know, we, I don't know you very well, obviously, but uh, I followed y'all social media pages and just from the little bit hearing you talk, I'm I'm going to assume you do a lot of duck hunting every year. Are you like, um, yeah. I mean, do you, are, are you a, you know, four months out of the year type of guy? Are you kind of a weekend warrior with one or two big trips? Like how much hunting do you do every year? Man, so growing up in Nebraska, I still hunt a lot up there. I still have access to a lot of land. Um, 
And so we'll start hunting up there early teal, September 1st. Um, you know, usually early teal, we don't make a, a whole lot of trips, but, um, you know, we went, we went for opener this year, the early teal opener, and then, uh, their waterfowl season opens a lot earlier than, than Oklahoma. Um, so, you know, we'll make a few trips up there and chase big ducks when, when their, uh, general waterfowl season opens, but, um, you know, really September 1st, all the way through, you know, mid February here in Oklahoma and Texas a little bit. And then we chase spring snow geese. So, you know, we kind of, we kind of reverse it and we'll chase them, you know, back up the flyway a little bit, but Nebraska is usually our cutoff for our freelance hunting. Um, you know, and we end with, uh, you know, running a a permanent spread in Nebraska, chasing migrator snow geese, snow geese into the middle of March. So, um, yeah, we we're we're on the road a lot. We uh, we chase them a lot, and uh, you know get to follow them. You know, h- halfway through the United States, I guess is a uh, mm-hmm. you know typical for us. So, yeah. Do y'all prefer to hunt? Like, are y'all hunting more farm ponds? Do y'all hunt public waters or a little bit of everything? Like, what's your preferred method? Well, we hunt a little of everything, um, and you know, hunting in Oklahoma is way different than hunting in nebraska um you know oklahoma we hunt a lot of little farm ponds you know shoot we we hunted about a half acre body of water a couple weeks ago and you know it was stacked with mallards and and had an awesome hunt um where you know you get up into um some of kansas and nebraska and you're hunting bigger watersheds you know anywhere from 15 to 60 acre watersheds um or you're chasing you know honkers and cornfields so Mm -hmm. um you know, just a different style of hunting and the birds, the birds act different, you know, um, we don't get the weather here in Oklahoma that we get in, in Nebraska, you know, right now, Nebraska's locked up. You got geese sitting on the water, keeping, keeping ice open. And so, um, you know, they, they'll go out to feed later in the day. Once a, once a day feed schedules trickle out from the roost and, uh, you know, and, and you gotta go, go chase them in a cornfield and, and you'll get, you'll get ducks mixed in like that. It's, it's a fun style of hunting, but it's a cold style of hunting. And, uh, you know, it's just different, different techniques and different strategies for different areas. But, you know, it's, it's mainly just the scouting and seeing what the birds are doing, you know, following them around and, you know, let them tell us what, what we need to do. But, uh, um, preferred method. Oh man. Um, Morgan's a big duck hunter. He's all about duck hunting. He, you know, we, he loves, shooting geese and chasing geese but you know if he has to pick we're going to chase ducks i'm the i'm the opposite i'm the the goose guy that's my go-to that's what i want to do um if i have my my choice but uh um you know so preference wise i mean you know best best case scenario our favorite hunt is you know a loaf hunt uh where you're going to go out you're going to shoot you know ducks in the morning let the geese go out and feed and then and then coming back to water wherever they may be um, you know, getting that, that nine to 10 o'clock where you start heading back to water and, and then you're getting to clean them geese up till, you know, noon pretty much. And, uh, that's probably my absolute favorite, uh, way to hunt them. So. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I did a lot of duck hunting when I was back in high school and stuff. And then once I kind of got college age deer took over and I was all into deer hunting um, I've been kind of getting okay. back into the into the swing of duck hunting the last two, kind of because of the podcast. You know, I'm just trying to become, you know, a little more well-rounded outdoorsman and and try to you know touch on everything yeah. a little bit. 
And man, last year, like I, I really kind of refound my love for waterfowl. Um, did went several times and stuff. Um, but, uh, so on Sunday I shot one lesser Canadian and one greater Canadian. And that was my second and third goose ever. Um, we just, okay. I've just never been in a goose area. Um, you know, like I'm in Southeastern Oklahoma, you know, we're kind of more towards the edge of the central flyway. Um, but man, I, yep. that's like a dream hunt of mine is to go on like a legit, you know, goose hunt where that's what you're after. And they're coming in like that. Just, just imagining that blows my mind. Like the, the two that I shot on Sunday, you know, I was basically sky blasting. You know, I have like a half dozen decoys that I bought with some Cabela's points, you know, once upon a time. Gotcha. And, uh, yep. you know, we were really hunting ducks. We had some geese come over. Uh, but man, like the sound of those suckers hitting the ground, I mean, was just, <laughs> it was just unreal. And I can't imagine just like doing that over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, well, and with geese, you know, in Oklahoma, where we're at, you get to chase, you know, greaters and lessers. So, mm-hmm. you know, me, I, I love honker and I love chasing graders. Um, you know, lessers is a show, you know, when you're lesser hunting and, you know, you may have a feed of five, 10,000 lessers and, you know, they're coming in wads of 500 geese and just, you know, tornadoing you. And, and it's a, it's a show, you know, it's one of those things you could leave the gun in the truck and just watch and it's just, you know, jaw dropping cool. Um, honker hunting, you're not going to get the numbers, you know, they're, they're more family groups, you know, late, later in the season, you'll get, you'll get bigger wads coming out to feed, but, um, you know, usually they're not stacked in there like lessers where it's, you know, 500, you know, you may get 20, 30, 40 birds coming in at once, but, um, you know, typically it's, you know, six birds, eight birds, two pack, um, things like that. So, but I'm with you, you know, hearing them hit the ground or just, you know, having them feet down at 20 yards and, and, uh, you know, yell and kill them is, is fun, man. It's a, it's a good time. And that's, that's what I love. It's honkers. Honkers is what does it for me. I I love chasing them. And then, uh, you know, with, with lessers, you're, you're most of the time you're going to be shooting ducks as well in a field, you know, depending on the weather, you know, Oklahoma, we're about to get real cold. Um, and you know, huge opportunity to be shooting ducks and geese in a, in a milo field or, you know, just any, any dry field. So, um, as these little bodies of water start, you know, icing up over the next week. Um, and, you know, I think we got what, two weeks of, you know, pretty, pretty cold, warmest days, 40 and, you know, low twenties at night. Uh, and then I think I saw some that were, you know, 33 is the high for a couple of days and 15 at night. So, um, that gets me excited as a waterfowl hunter. I can, uh, I can go, go shoot them in a field and, and have a, you know, awesome mixed bag. And, um, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. It's about to get real cold. Um, yeah. back to the, the greater and lesser thing. And I, I'm just, I'm generally asking, I'm, I'm curious. Um, do you adjust your setups? I, I'm assuming you do. Do you adjust your setups like your decoy spreads for the different species? Absolutely. So <clears throat> graders, you're spacing a lot further apart. You're setting them up more in family groups, you know, a little six pack of decoys grouped over on the left. And then, you know, we'll leave, we'll leave like a landing zone in the middle of, you know, kind of two groups of decoys a lot of times. And, um, you know, so that's more just very relaxed decoys are more spread out where lessers, um, you know, we're running anywhere from 20 dozen to 50 dozen decoys on a lesser hunt. And a lot of times we're laying in the decoys. So, you know, we have to run that, that 
40 to 50 dozen just to be able to hide in the decoys and then not pick you out. Um, you know, and so lessers, you know, it's just, you get those big feeds and, and big groups of geese. You got to have a lot of decoys to draw them, draw them to you and, and get them in and, and be able to hide yourself. So, um, you know, absolutely hundred percent different setup. Um, you will shoot honkers when you're hunting lessers, you know, they'll, they'll come over a lot of times they want to go land hundred yards off to the side. You know, they don't want to congregate, um, quite as much usually, but they want to be in that same field. So, you know, you, you usually will kill some honkers, you know, mixed in with lessers, especially in Oklahoma. But, uh, mm-hmm. um, and then, like I said, ducks as well, you know, and when it's cold like this and then them ducks are going to go start hitting fields to feed, um, that's where you can have a, you know, a pretty cool hunt. Do y'all mix duck decoys in, or do they just come to the goose decoys because they're like, hey, there's obviously food there? They come to the goose decoys. So big big tactic with that is running, um, you know, running spinners, spinning wing decoys mm-hmm. in a goose spread and turning them off when the geese are coming. When you see ducks, you flip them on. You know, running two of them is, is enough, um, you know, and and uh, you just set them right, on, right, right in the middle of the – the uh you know bulk of your decoys and uh yeah the ducks will the ducks will come in and, and try to land right by those spinners and uh you know so we don't run you know there, there is people that'll mix in duck decoys but you know in my opinion it doesn't really make it any better or worse um yeah. they're wanting to come in and and they'll they'll jump in a in a feed of uh you know lesters and feed right there with them and you know it's it's kind of cool watching videos of you know geese running the ducks off and you know um that they'll they'll intermix with those lessers no problem so gotcha do you like uh I, I again i'm assuming the answer is yes but like when you hear geese honking in the distance can you tell if it's a greater or a lesser or are they exactly the same oh no you can tell so lessers are loud they like to talk and when you're calling for lessers you're you're calling a lot you know Canada's are the opposite. They, um, they're a lot deeper, uh, sounding bird. They don't talk near as much. Um, you know, when you're calling to graders that you, you can definitely overcall graders where lessers, you know, you can, you can lay on that call pretty hard. They, they want to hear it, uh, for the most part. So, um, you know, it's kind of like, like the decoy spread situations I talked about where, you know, the graders are more relaxed and spread out. You know, the calling is kind of similar to that. You know, you, you talk, you talk back to graders, you know, you'll hear them honk and you honk back and they honk back. And, um, you know, there's kind of a goose language there that you can learn and, and try to learn what they're trying to say to you and what they want to hear back. And so, um, you know, where lessers, you know, there, there is a little bit of that, but it's more about, you know, making noise and anything and, and trying to mimic the amount of geese you're trying to mimic, you know, by your, your big decoy spread. And so it's, it's fast calling, um, you know, it's a lot higher pitch and, and you can tell, you know, when you see a, a flock of lessers off in the distance, you know, you're going to hear them. They're, they're cackling like crazy. And, uh, you know, honkers are usually more quiet and, uh, you know, if not silent. So, yeah. um, big difference. Yes, I'm going to have to pay more attention because, uh, <clears throat> you have to admit, I didn't know that it was a greater until I walked over and there was like, holy crap, this one's way bigger than the other one. So, <laughs> I was just excited. Yeah. yeah. Huge like size, size difference. It's, it's pretty oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was blown away. I, I knew they were bigger. I had no idea they were that much bigger. So that was a, yeah, yeah that was an awesome experience. Uh, yeah. 
man on uh i'll switch back over to ducks so i i grew up hunting farm ponds as well um i actually i had a buddy in high school that was like hey like my grandma has this pond with a ton of ducks you should come you know let's go hunt it and i showed up and it was like a five acre pond i was like i don't know how to hunt that like i'm used to you know if they come in i can shoot them because the pond's so small but um what uh on a on a situation like that uh Talk about your decoy spread a little bit. Are you throwing a half dozen out? Are you throwing five dozen out? Um, are you kind of matching what you scouted? Uh, talk about like your decoy setup a little bit. Usually matching what we scouted, you know. Um, now the later you get in the year and the more pressured the birds are, um, I, I've, I personally think running less decoys is better. Um, you know, when, when we start getting later and you know, this time of year, I quit using spinning wheel decoys and my duck spread. Um, I think it, you know, they've, they've seen them and they get, they, you know, the ducks are more pressured. They've been hunted, you know, all the way down the flyway and, and shot at and, and, uh, you know, so they start picking up on things that earlier in the season they wouldn't pick up on. And so, you know, it, it purely based on the situation and what size of body of water we're hunting, but, you know, matching the, uh, you know, matching the scout is, is your best. You know, if you, you're hunting a farm pond and there's 20, 30 ducks on it, you know, typically, and you go out there and put out 15 dozen duck decoys, it's probably not very realistic. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you could have got away with two dozen and been perfectly fine. So, um, you know, but like I said, later in the year, I've had hunts where we put out a six pack of, you know, mallard decoys and that's it. And, you know, you'll shoot, you know, shoot, tons of ducks off it it's just you know they they see that as being safe late in the year it's you know they, they've seen a lot of decoy spreads and they you know they can they can tell and you know when you're when you're setting your spreads you know don't make it look uniform all the way across it you know pack them up at little six back here a pair over here you know three over there and, and then you know kind of fill in like swimmers between them but you know i've, I've found when i set a decoy spread i'll go back through it and then sometimes I go back through it a third time before I get it where it doesn't look uniform, if you know what I mean. Like I'll yeah. set it thinking, oh, this is going to look good. And then the sun comes up a little bit and I'm like, no, nah, they're evenly spaced. Um, you know, go go reset it and, and toss them over here. And so, you know, just breaking up the, you know, the norm. And I think that's something just as, you know, I mean, maybe it's my, my OCD that, you know, just naturally <laughs> makes me set them evenly spaced or something. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. you know, just – uh you know, breaking that up and, uh, matching what, what you're seeing, what you're scouting is, is key. And, and then, you know, you can learn the tips and tricks if you want to use spinners or the, the little splashers or things like that. Um, you know, there's, there's times for it, you know, the little, the little splashers and no, no wind days, you know, you're out there and, you know, you're, you're a weekend warrior, you know, you only have Saturday to hunt. Um, you're not going to have any wind and it's going to be warm and ideal, you know, conditions are not ideal. You know, there's, there's things that, that help a lot. And so, you know, some motion there and getting some water movement and ripples, you know, definitely helps, um, you know, and then spinning wing decoys earlier in the season, we use them a lot and they work awesome, you know, and then we just usually put them away about this time and, and, and just quit running them. And that's after just, you know, watching bird after bird flare, um, at, you know, 50, 60 yards for zero reason when, um, you know, your, your hide's good and, and, you know, everything, everything's just like it was the day before. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like, okay, and you pull it. And then the next group of ducks that come in, you know, come and finish. And it's like, okay, you know, we're, we're not running them anymore. So, 
that's just from experience and, and a lot of other people's experience. You know, you can read that, that anywhere that, um, you know, a lot of people say later in the year, quit using the spinner. So, you know, little tips, little tricks that, you know, is, is stuff you, you can read about, you can find and, and, you know, read on blogs or forums or whatever it may be, but, you know, going out, trying different things and real life experience, um, you know, you can, uh, you can learn a lot about, you know, what, what the birds want just by, just by being out there. And, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is, is, you know, obviously location, you got to be where ducks want to be. The second biggest thing is your hide. Um, you know, you can have, you can have a perfect hide where those birds have no clear there. You have the tops covered. Nobody, you know, they're not seeing people in the blind, seeing people moving. Um, and you can have a terrible decoy set up and it won't matter. You know, that's decoys is the least important aspect, um, you know, compared to location and your hide, if that makes sense. So, you know, spend, spend twice as much time on your hide as you do setting decoys. Cause that's, what's going to make your hunt, you know, great or, you know, not great. And, uh, and you can tell, you know, if you have decoys out, um, you know, and, and birds are coming in and they're getting to that, you know, 45 yards and just, flaring busting out of there um you know it's probably your hide if birds are coming in and they're getting to that 45 yard range circle three four five passes and just leave it's probably your decoy spread go make an adjustment your decoy spread so um you know again things we've learned that um you know over the over the years of doing it and and talking with other industry professionals and guys that know what they're doing and um yeah good stuff yeah, you just taught me more in five minutes than uh, I think I've learned in the last three years. So that's awesome. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Um, man, I had another question, and it just uh, oh yes, okay. So um, you know, you keep mentioning like early season and late season, and it sounds like we're kind of on that break. Um, you know, ducks go through pretty much the end of January, geese go into February. Um, but like you said, like, are you considering now kind of the start of late season or are we not quite to late season yet? I think with the weather, the weather we're getting, I would say late season hunting is going to start basically. Um, you're, we're, we're in it. Um, gotcha. you know, the birds this year and the migration this year and last year, hunting duck, duck hunting has been tough. Geese, it hasn't really affected them as much. Um, but, you know, I think it's the drought, the drought conditions we've had through the Midwest. The birds just aren't here in numbers like they are normally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you drive around Oklahoma this time of year normally, and every little farm pond has two ducks, four ducks, six ducks on it. You know, um, you don't see that. We haven't seen that in the last two years. Um, you know, and so it takes a lot more a lot more gas money, a lot more miles on the truck going to find these birds. But, um you know, that's just, that's just part of it, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we've, uh, you know, we've had, we've had, de- you know, down years last year and this year, as far as just duck numbers and, you know, how many, how many birds are shooting in comparison. And, and, uh, and, you know, I talked to guys all over the country that have the same issue. And, you know, I think it's just a, a hat. I think it was a bad hatch. Duck numbers are down. You're, you're shooting predominantly older birds. A lot of the birds we've shot this year are are full plume, very, very pretty birds for this time of year, you know, for mid November and you're shooting, um, you know, widgeon that, you know, beautiful widgeon cotton top. And it's like, you know, these are, these are older birds. And, um, you know, so I think that affects it a lot, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're in that late season, you know, as of, 
today. You know, it's it's on now. Um, yeah. You know, we're going to we're getting cold the rest of the week, and you know, I'm I'm pumped. I'm I'm not able to hunt this weekend, but hoping to get out next week. And and I'm, I can't wait to go scout because I'm excited to see uh, a lot of birds. And you know, I'm, I hope I'm not let down, but I but I know they're coming. You know, yeah. I've hunted enough in Nebraska, Kansas. No, you know, right now Kansas is pretty loaded up with ducks and uh and geese and you know they're gonna be they're gonna be coming they're they're cold up there getting locked up rivers are slushed you know those birds are gonna be moving south so mm-hmm. yeah i i agreed uh yeah i noticed i didn't see birds till a lot later this year also like not not just not as many but later um i yeah. saw very very few teal um again you're just kind of driving around on ponds and stuff like that so uh yeah, yeah i do think it's probably down a little bit um, I want to talk, especially cause this is kind of, you know, somewhat y'all's deal. I want to talk about blinds. Um, I built some homemade blinds, <clears throat> excuse me. My voice is still struggling from last week. <clears throat> um, I built some homemade, homemade blinds back in the day. Um, I mentioned I have yep. a layout blind now that I hunt out of a decent amount, but I've, I've never actually hunted out of like an A-frame blind. And, uh, just driving around, like I see them, you know, I'll see one just set up right on top of a pond dam. Looks like it sticks out like a sore thumb, you know, but it's, it's brushed in and everything. Is that effective? Like, you know, just a big rectangle on sitting on a pond dam. Like are people killing ducks out of those? Yeah, they are. Um, you know, I think, you know, when you're setting up, one of the biggest things for me is I want the wind at my back. Every time, you know, you can, you can have side shoots and do really well, but people shoot better. Um, you know, the birds, the birds are working into you. You you have a better hunt generally if the wind's, you know, directly behind you. And so if that means setting up on a pond dam, um, you know, I would do it. Now I wouldn't run the A-frame up on it. I would try to run it. You know, you can't really run it on the side the sloped, but I'd run it down at the edge of the pond, um, you know, where, where it's not the highest thing out there. Um, you know, and then, but if you have to do that, you grasp it in really well. You know, like I said, the tops need to be covered. You know, you guys in there pie facing, looking up, moving around, you know, you got to make sure that's hidden and, uh, and then you got to break up the outline. So, you know, you, you go by an A-frame, you throw grass on it. looks pretty good. You go stick it out there. The edges are still a square, you know, it's still a box. Breaking those edges up is huge. Um, you know, whether that's, stuffing more grass in it, you know, kind of out sideways where it's falling over and breaking that, that boxiness look up, um, you know, or say you're hunting in a, in a fence, fence row and you really don't have any ditch grass in that fence row. It's just a barbed wire fence. You can go cut ditch grass and weave it into the barbed wire fence, maybe 15 foot off each side of that a frame. And it, and it looks like just a, you know, a grass edge that the farmer went around when he, you know, was planting his wheat and left that, that little area. And so, um, you know, depends on the hunt, but ba- breaking up the edges of the blinds is huge and it, it works. You know, we, we hunt them, we'll go stick them in the middle of a wheat field and they do stick out like a sore thumb, but you know, it goes back to what I talked about earlier with the hide, uh, making sure the top's covered great. No, you know, birds are not seeing in and seeing people and then breaking up the outlines, um, you know, getting those edges, not, a, you know, not a box, you know, that you gotta get rid of that look and, uh, and, you know, you can kill them about anywhere. Some, some days it just doesn't work. Some days they're just, they don't like it. Um, and others you'll be shooting them at 10 yards. They don't care one bit, you know? And so, um, it can be hit or miss, but, uh, you know, having, 
having different tools in your arsenal, um, or, you know, weapons in your arsenal, I should say, um, you know, layouts, we, we hunted layouts this morning. That's probably my least favorite way to hunt. Um, but we didn't really want to run a frames on the edge cause we had no, we had no ditch grass like it talks. And I thought, man, you know, it, layouts is going to work better. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's lower profile. We grassed them in really good. We spent probably 45 minutes cutting, cutting ditch grass with a, with a, uh, hedge trimmer and, you know, grass the, the heck out of them and, mm-hmm. and it worked, um, you know, where a frames, they might've worked fine, you know, but, uh, it was just the option we decided to go with, you know, if you don't have multiple options at your disposal, you know, go back to what I said, where, you know, grass them, break up those edges, weave some in the fence. If you're up against a fence or, you know, whatever you can do to, to just make it look natural, you know, to, to make it look at, like it's not sticking out like a sore thumb. Um, you know, that's, that's the key. Now the layout, you said you don't like hunting out. Is that just because of a comfort thing or is that like an effectiveness? Thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. If I can be sitting in a comfortable chair and, <laughs> you know, and have my, my drinks and shells sitting right in front of me and, and it will. And, and I think I mentioned it earlier, um, about the wind at your back, people shoot better, but people shoot better out of a a frame where they're standing up and shooting, they're laying on the ground. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a right-handed shooter and the birds are on your right side, you know, they, they aren't centered up on you and they shift off to the right. It's really hard to turn right and shoot, you know, and, uh, it's really hard to shoot up in the air when you're sitting down. And so you, you don't shoot as well when you're in a layout. I, I don't think very many people will argue with me on that. It's, mm-hmm. it's tough unless, you know, if you have a really good wind and they're, centered up on you every, every time, you know, feet down at 25 yards, probably won't matter, you know, which one you're in, but, um, but yeah, that's, that's my opinion there, I guess, but gotcha. people shoot better out of a, out of an A-frame. And so comfort, comfort thing more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. So get yourself an A-frame and then order some, uh, Oklahoma foul company, little metal, uh, gun holders yeah. in your rack and everything, and you'll be set to go. Yeah, you'll be you'll be comfy, you'll be ready to roll, and and you know there's times that you can't run an A-frame. You know there's times if you have to if you have to walk in more than about 100 yards, that's the uh, the last thing you want to do is drag a grass up A-frame, um, you know, and carry it out through mud and things like that. Or you know if you're a public land hunter, that's that's not ideal. You know you're not gonna you're never gonna be able to carry an A-frame in. You know and uh, you know so you got to go with a layout or you know, there's other options. There's panel blinds. Panel blinds are an awesome tool as well. Um, you know, where you just have a front side, you don't necessarily need the, the, the backside to it. You can run just a front. Maybe you're hunting a, a farm pond and you got some trees, you got a backdrop, you know, you don't necessarily need the back on there a lot of times. So, um, you know, they're very versatile as well and, and something we use quite a bit as well. So, um, you know, depending on the style of hunting you do, you know, depending on, public, private, things like that, you know, it's great to have all of them, but you can, you can use, you know, a a panel blind and you can make it work like an A-frame and they work great like that. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the A-frames split in half and, and work like a panel blind. So, um, you know, they kind of, they can work both ways, but, um, you know, most people, a lot of people hunt layouts, you know, it's, it's still convenient and lightweight, easy to walk in with. Um, you know, if you got a pretty good hike and you need to hike into public and, you know, take a dozen decoys, a, a layout blind, your gun and shell bag and, you know, go walk a mile. Um, you know, that's about your only option or no blind at all, you know? Um, so 
Depends on the depends on the hunt. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome, Josh. We'll uh we're running out of time here pretty quick, but uh, I wanna just have <clears throat> real quick one here. If somebody's listening to this and maybe they're newer to duck hunting, kinda getting into it, what's your number one tip for uh, a new duck hunter out there? Oh man, find somebody that has done it for a long time, link up with them and start hunting with them. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to them call, you know, um, yeah, you know, try to find somebody, you know, that does it, that's done it for years, whether that's, you know, friend, family, whatever it may be, but, you know, go with other people and, and, you know, don't, don't be scared, you know, you know I don't know what I'm doing or something like that. You know, um, the sport in general has gotten so, oh, I don't even know the word for it, but, um, you know, go, go with somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, for one, especially if you're on Publix, you're not out there doing something that may not be, uh, the right way to do it, you know, or you're out there, uh, sky blasting, shooting at birds 70 yards up and, you know, messing it up for everybody. But, um, you know, go, go with somebody that, that knows what they're doing and learn from them, you know, um, go hunt a year with, with somebody like that. And, uh, you know, you'll learn more than you ever could just going by yourself. Yeah. Um, I'd say that'd be the best, best thing for somebody new. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Josh, thank you so much. Uh, before I let you go, I want to make sure you get to shout out your, uh, your social media and your website and everything. So if people listen to this and say, Hey, yeah. I need some of these products, where do they need to go to you? Man, um, in- Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok is all, um, okay. Foul company. Um, just the letters. Okay. And, uh, then our website is just oklahomafowlcompany.com. So um, you can check us out on, you know, our, our shops on, on social medias or, or directly to our website. So Perfect, perfect. Josh, man, this was great. Um, yeah, I'm glad you guys got to shout out your business. Um, thank you for all the tips. I, I, I just learned a ton. Um, it makes me even more excited to get out there and do it again. So Thank you so much for coming on, and uh, man, until next time, we will talk to you later. Awesome. I appreciate you. You have the right to the best wireless service. Bravado Wireless provides the best mobile wireless, high-speed internet, latest devices, and customer service at a price you can feel good about. Bravado Wireless strives to put these values first and offer you the best wireless service available. See what they have to offer at bravadowireless.com or one of their retail locations in eastern Oklahoma. Let Bravado Wireless connect you to your family, friends, and business partners all over the world. Bravado Wireless, the power of connection. There we have it, folks. My voice is officially gone, so I'm shutting this one down nice and early. Um, Thank you, Josh, for coming on. Morgan, we missed you. Guys, please go check out the Oklahoma Fowl Company. Some awesome products, very useful made for hunters by hunters i can't uh just tell you enough how awesome these products are so thank you very much for listening to this show i'm gonna go rest and rest my voice uh get out there guys the hunting season is not over yet keep practicing with your bows keep shooting your shotguns get out there kill some ducks kill some deer kill some coyotes hogs whatever it is you want to chase just get outside thank you guys for listening to the show and until next time i will see you guys right back here on the oklahoma outdoors podcast